0: Why do you use Tinder? They pulled 10,000 people, okay? 45% of every one of those people said, confidence boosting procrastination. All right, welcome guys to the first official episode of like the radio type version of raw dating advice. Um, We got the new studio set up. We didn't get the chance to really post a a video earlier this week because we were in the process of setting up this studio, but I'm excited for this video in particular and we kind of rushed the last second setup here for all the guys watching to really get going because we had inspiration hit this morning. Um, Chris, you want to kind of talk about what some of this inspiration that hit us was?
1: Yeah, and before I get into it, man, you were just excited when you hit me up with it. And it actually refers to the new modern age of dating. And is it declining? And that is on Tinder.
0: You know what's hilarious is your voice automatically goes more radio style when we're doing this. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. So, um, yeah, man, we've been putting together. We already have a training called Legendary Game inside of Raw Dating Advice and we are in the process of opening it up for the 2020 enrollment, which brings us to today's video. A lot of guys struggle in their dating life because they are relying, they struggle to have control over the dating life because they're relying on methods that take control away from them. Literally, like if you think about what do most guys do? They are um, putting a woman on a pedestal, trying to win her over, trying to romance her. Well, automatically, if you're looking at a contextual standpoint, if you're putting her above you, you're putting her on the pedestal, I gotta win her over, I gotta romance her, I gotta do some big romantic gesture and she'll finally see how perfect we are for each other. Trust me, I've thought like that too. Uh, i That's one example of like a situation where you're relinquishing your control uh, of this situation working out and even you being fulfilled after this situation to her actually approving of you. You put the control in her hands and that was you're doing. But on a contextual level, uh, Tinder, Bumble, online dating sites, DMing random girls, you lack control because you're sending a message to a person who doesn't know, like, or trust you yet. And, uh, if you think about Tinder and Bumble, those are businesses. I run a business too. So I know the business world and literally an app like Tinder has to, for it to have lasted for as long as it's been here. It, It is based on a revenue model. Obviously, all businesses bring in revenue. That's kind of what makes it a business. If it wasn't a business, it would be Wikipedia asking for donations. (laughs) So there's a way that they make money. And it is literally designed to get guys and women to want to invest in the paid membership, right? The five bucks, six buns. The Tinder gold, the premium right? And so it's a model that has a free barrier to entry, much like my book is free. If you want it, I give all the information for free. It's a free barrier to entry, but then the guys who want to go deeper will get better results. Now here's where Tinder fucks up. And here's where, you know, it differs from like a a standard coaching business like mine, a coaching business. You're not investing in more information necessarily. You're investing in more access to Getting you those results, and so like if you look at the the raw dating advice business model, we got the free book, and then we got the the online membership if you want to do uh, monthly coaching online at your own pace with me. Uh, helping you and then you have the the in-person coaching model so you're essentially getting more access to the coach or the person who has the results that you want to emulate right does that make sense
1: yeah and to kind of put it into context like at the end
0: of the day it all does come down to like
1: you putting in the effort it's not you doing the work for them it's you laying out the roadmap and then that's for them to go through and you said something interesting about tinder taking away the control and honestly when i first came across tinder i thought it was supposed to give you more control because you were able to swipe and kind of like filter out those the the uglies you know like that you don't want to be talking to and I, i thought it was supposed to make it easier but
0: that's funny that you say that because it's the illusion of control just like this is this is a big thing going on with facebook and youtube and instagram right this second People are getting deplatformed because of their opinions on certain topics going on in the world right now. The viewers know what I'm talking about, right? And so people are like, literally, Joe Rogan is going off of YouTube and going exclusively over to Spotify. And a big reason why I'm sure, and and some of the the talk going around the entrepreneurship spaces, is he doing this to make a stand against the censorship that's going on here, right? So what they do is they give you the illusion of control. You can post whatever you want. You can scroll through your Facebook feed, and our, our algorithm will show you what what you want. But I, I was hearing, Jordan Belfort was saying this on Valuetainment a few days ago. He was saying uh, that it's it's really an algorithm designed to polarize people further away from each other, because if you are interested in dating advice, or uh, aliens, UFOs, or, the Republicans or the Democrats, whatever your interest is and their algorithm picks up on that, all they do is feed you stuff that gets you emotionally amped up on that specific interest. And so over time, you're getting, you're going further and further down like, whatever rabbit hole that YouTube and Facebook and Google decides is your interests and you wanna see more of this and it's all you see. So it's the illusion of control, same with Tinder, where you think, oh, I'm swiping right and if we naturally match with each other, but what you don't know and what we've talked about in some of our phone attraction programs and stuff and even some of my previous interviews with guys like Rob Judge and and like real Tinder experts who get thousands of matches, uh, what they are even saying is that on Tinder, It is an algorithm-based, just like Facebook, just like Google, just like YouTube. It's an algorithm, and this algorithm is designed to put people who have... Uh, good engagement, it, it really started with good intention, intentions because they there's a lot of bots. So they're looking at your behavior on Facebook because you're connected to your Facebook profile, and they're saying, does this person seem like a bot or not? So different behaviors you do on Facebook, your interests on Facebook will give you a score on zero to 10, how likely is this person to be like legit or a troll or a scammer, right? And so your score is constantly going up and going down. So for example, if you're on Tinder, you're swiping right all the time, right? Well, what is a bot gonna do? They're gonna swipe, swipe right rate. a lot. And so you lower your score. And what's crazy about that is they're not even gonna show your profile to even have the opportunity to get swiped on unless that that person is also in your score range. So if you're a hot girl and every dude's swiping right on you and you're selective about who you select, swipe on, so you have a higher score from a hot girl uh, if you're a hot girl because you're kind of selective so you're not doing the bot mistake, that's just one of the many ones, but also, Everybody's swiping right on you. So your score is also going up based on your attractiveness level compared to other people because they want to put people who they believe to be in the similar range up with each other. So that's the first key. But the second key is, let's say your score is a six or a seven, hypothetically, right? You swipe right on a nine or a 10. A girl that Tinder deems a nine or a 10 and you say objectively, I find this person attractive. You swipe right. They won't even show your profile to her to even get the opportunity to be swiped right on on, because your your score is so below hers. That's crazy. I didn't even know
1: that. Yeah. So so they're really like, it, it's really all on algorithm based. And even if you thought she was very attractive and you swiped right, unless you, it's unless you pay for it, that's
0: when they give you the options to really yeah, make yourself so known. Yeah, so if you pay for it and you hypothetically have a low algorithm score for them, then it boosts your score temporarily. Oh. So you'll get more matches in that time. Um, which kind of brings us to today because the reason why we're, we're talking about this now, uh, and the significance of this, and I'll be honest, like the algor- algorithm stuff, if you've done a little bit of research on this, especially for some of the viewers who are, are a little bit more, um, let's say advanced in the game, uh, this isn't new information by any means. Mm-hmm. This has kind of been out there for a little bit, but here's the, here's the crazy part. Right, we've been seeing hella videos and ads of people trying to uh, capitalize. At least, at least I've seen dating coaches doing this, trying to capitalize on like, oh, how do I, how do I bring in more revenue to my company, my dating advice company, using coronavirus or using the current quarantine going on as like the opportunity of why they need to buy my shit right and so if you follow my email list you know I'm not about like just capitalizing on the short-term trends I'm all about like the consistent proven strategies and I'm not here just to like gain a profit for you I mean my best-selling book is free most guys don't like and only a certain percentage of those guys who want to go deeper go on to the in-person boot camp or the legendary game the online membership stuff like that but uh kind of what I've noticed is like Everybody thinks, oh, I gotta be on Tinder, I gotta optimize my Tinder profile. And this brings us back to the topic of like, originally before we even saw the stats that we're about to tell you guys about on the video, that really caused us to hurry up the fucking production value of this, set everything up real quick, and get going for these guys, because it blew my mind and I already knew the stuff about the algorithm, right? Really just showing me that if you're on Tinder and you're focusing all your time there, you're kind of going in the wrong direction. And so again, going back to on topic, it's about they give you the illusion of control when in reality you're relying on things that are really taking away control away from you. And here's what I mean by that. If you feel like you lack abundance in your dating life, my last video was talking about how to get out of scarcity with women. If you lack abundance in your dating life, think about what are you doing to actually meet these girls? And how often are you meeting new girls? Because I knew when I was 20, 21 years old i was still a virgin uh even right after i lost my virginity it wasn't like i i got accepted to the cool boys club and i was now cool and getting f- fucking bitches left and right um it, it took some building up of the game but even at that time in my life i thought to myself i was like huh well this girl i really really liked we had a good connection and this, with this girl it ended up i ended up getting friend zone but i thought to myself well if this doesn't work when's the next time i'm going to get another girl like her And I automatically that thought process puts me in scarcity because I'm like, it's not often I meet a girl like this, right? And even for me, most of that stemmed from just not knowing how to flirt with women and not knowing what to say, what to do, uh, not really having any real strategy, just kind of doing what I thought I saw in the movies that might work. Um, And obviously it it didn't work. But uh, what I realized is like, I maybe meet one girl every year, once about once a year, where I'm like, oh, she's hot, and she's in my social circle, and we have a connection, and she likes me back, and she's single. Like, the stars align about once a year. And that was kind of like a thought that occurred to me in my early 20s, and even late teens. And and let's be honest, if you're in scarcity, how often are you meeting women, right? And if you think about, well, Patrick, that's why I'm on Tinder, because I want to meet women. That's where we come to today's discussion, because it's giving you the illusion of meeting women, but in reality, The average guy, some of the stats I'll talk about on today's video, the average guy who's on Tinder doesn't realize all the shit that has to go into actually meeting up with one of these girls. Some of the stats I've seen, it shows that it's a very small percentage of people who are even on the app that ever convert to a in-person meeting. But also, if you're getting hell matches, even if you're not getting matches, it doesn't matter, Hell matches or not, whatever end of the spectrum you're on, there's a next step you first, you got to get her to swipe right on you. Mm -hmm. Second, you got to get her to respond to you or message you first. Third, you got to set up a date and convince her that it's worth meeting up with this random guy who she swiped right on, on an app. And, and we all know that it's very possible to put up pictures that aren't you. Yeah. Catfish. (laughs) Catfish. Right. And so because of that, you know, talking about, I can go in a lot of different tangents here, but even just like to get a girl to meet up with you on a second date, even if you got her number in person or even just to pull her back to your place on a, like at the end of the night, it all takes no, like, and trust, KLT factor, no, like, and trust on an app. You don't have the no, like, and trust factor. Now coming back to my original point, it takes away control because, um, what I discovered in my progression of just going from the 21-year-old virgin to now world-renowned dating coach. We have thousands of success stories, thousands of testimonials, and people have bought my book. Last time I checked, 83 different countries around the world. So world-renowned dating coach by the age of 30, just turned 30, but I was the 21-year-old virgin who couldn't get girls and was getting friend-zoned by every girl I liked, and I was only meeting a girl once a year where the stars aligned where I actually liked her and she liked me back for a short period of time. Where, which eventually led to me getting friendzoned, right? So when I think about that, when I, the second time I got friendzoned by mm-hmm. a girl, I was so heartbroken because it played out the same both times. Both times I felt her pulling away for whatever reason, one reason or another, it was like a gut feeling, and then you try to get her back. And so most guys, especially if they follow the Hollywood advice, like what I I was doing back in the day, um, because I I watched Boy Meets World, I watched Hitch, all these fucking Hollywood productions that in reality show men and women getting together, but in ways that only can be written in a fictional fictional story, because it just doesn't work like that. And um, what I realized is like, I never wanted this to happen again. So what I ended up doing was I confessed my feelings to both of them when I felt them pulling away, as the last stitch effort to get them back. First girl, I wrote a love letter to her by hand and I delivered it to her mailbox because I didn't have the money to fucking just send it to her. I was cheap as fuck, so I just went and dropped it off in her mailbox. And I I know because I talked to her after this, but um, she didn't respond to the to the love letter. I had to like hit her up over text over the next few weeks because she just didn't hit me back. And, uh, eventually when I did end up talking to her, because my story does come full circle after I got game, I actually ended up hooking up with her. And she told me about this. Uh, she, um, <laughs> she said her mom found the letter and was like, do you know what this is? What is this? And they both kind of just like shook their head. Like, oh. I never felt so like unvalidated when I heard that story, even though by that point I already had game. Uh, but then the second girl, he did the same thing when she was pulling away. I was like, Hey, can we talk? And I go over to her place, and I just tell her, hey, I think I like you a lot. Like, what, what, what is she supposed to do with that? Anyway, so it didn't work out. And what I realized was after that moment, I was in such a fucking emotional low, but I'm competitive as fuck. I have the the chip on the shoulder mentality. You know, I've been, a, I've been an athlete my whole life, playing sports, trying to prove myself my whole fucking life, right? Um, and that's a whole other story for another podcast on the actual Raw and Relentless podcast, right? Uh, but... What I ended up doing was I got a Tinder account for the first time. This is right when Tinder was really getting big. It was like, you know, early around 2008, 2009, 2010, like ish when it first came out. No, I feel like it came out later than that. But around when it first came out, I got a Tinder account and uh, and I started swiping. And I I was like, "Yo, this is new. Like, you can you can meet girls online on an app. What? This is crazy. This didn't exist last year or any time in the history of man before this." But at the same time, I was also going out with buddies and I actually lost my social circle because I was so needy for this girl after I confessed Mm -hmm. my feelings that my own friends who were mutual friends were like, bro, stop being so fucking creepy. And they like just dumped my, dumped me from the social circle. Like this is all time emotional low before, before I ever moved to Arizona, before I had any game. Right. But this was like the moment where I got game because I downloaded the Tinder, um, had little to no success on it at first. But then I was also hitting up any person I'd ever partied with ever. Like, hey, do you want to go out to a bar this this night? Do you want to go out to the club? And I just made it a mission that I'm going to cut out the fucking middleman in my dating life. The middleman for me, up until this point where I was in scarcity, where I was meeting one girl a year, where I was barely getting any matches on Tinder because even I just downloaded it and it wasn't really working. I realized that Tinder, waiting on your social circle waiting on your work to hire a girl, a coworker that might have the stars align, waiting to eventually meet this girl is only gonna leave you in a in a life where you did not dictate the outcome of your life because you're waiting for things to come to you rather than having the chip on the shoulder mentality and saying I'm gonna go out and fucking make it happen by just, just, just sheer force of will. And so if I take that mentality, which is what I did, what I ended up doing was when I would hit up these people that I would party with, at any time over college or high school, if they were in town, I hit them up. Hey, do you want to go out? And what I would end up doing is I would uh, go out to the bar with them, but then immediately start approaching women. And I would just end up ditching them halfway through the night because I was so in the flow of approaching. Obviously, I struggled to do it at first, but I, what it really took was just a couple of quick wins. And I remember the first quick win was I got a girl to give me her number. And I'm pretty sure she was engaged because I looked her up afterwards. And this is like the first ever girl I ever approached. I was so nervous. The conversation was so awkward. And I had no clue what to say. And I had no clue where to lead the conversation. And then I awkwardly asked her for her number after a couple of minutes. And she, I feel like because she felt bad for me, gave it to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when I looked her up, she was she was um, engaged. And then I texted her and she was like, yeah, I'm engaged. You probably shouldn't text me. And uh Uh, but what I remember specifically is not feeling bad when she said that. Like for me, this was such a big paradigm shift. The whole time, my whole life, first 20 something years of my life, I'm waiting for shit to come to me. And I went out the first time saying, I don't want to wait for shit to come to me anymore. I want to cut out the middleman altogether. I'm just going to, if I see a girl that I find attractive, I'm just going to go up and talk to her. Right. I wasn't a pickup artist in the early 2000s when I was 10, 11, 12 when the pickup artist movement started, right? So I wasn't aware that you could just go out and approach any girl that you wanted to. And when I did it, even when I got a number and even though she gave it to me just because she felt sorry for me, to me, I was like, fuck, this fucking works. She gave me her number. How many girls do I have to approach to get more numbers and have some of those lead to dates? And what I really realized was... When I rely on Tinder and Bumble, all this shit, all the messaging, all the swiping, all the mental just like texting to even get her to meet up with me on a date that not only takes time, but it's all mental masturbation until you actually see her in person.
1: Yeah. And I actually wanted to talk about the time that it takes just to even build up your game on Tinder to even play with the algorithm because I saw I read a post about, about a guy trying to find the perfect picture and he spent 30 plus hours just to understand what lighting gets the best likes what angle where to go and just putting all this time and it was only for like plus one two matches a week
0: damn so did he did he also invest in the tinder gold or whatever
1: that he didn't go into yeah but you know assuming that he he didn't like even just think about it right like 30 plus hours just for a picture that's not showing anything about you. That's not talking about the buyer or like once they meet up, what's to say, like you're still going to have to talk to them in person, right? Yeah. You can't just go there with the, with the picture just like that the whole time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like, it, it's crazy cause, uh, this was like a, the biggest growth summer for me. Cause it was just a lot of paradigm shifts. Like the one I realized like, Oh, if I can just see a girl in public that I think is attractive, I don't have to wait for her to swipe right on me and then eventually message me back and then eventually agree to meet up with me. I can just go over there and talk to her. And it's kind of like a, a thought that if you're new to it, it brings up a lot of anxiety, especially that social anxiety, stress, and fear, honestly. A fear of rejection, fear of not doing it right. And most guys let that stop them from even taking action in the first place, yet they talk about it and they think about it all the time. Or if you're like me, you didn't even know it was possible, right? And so, uh, when I met that girl, she was the first girl I ever approached and I got her fucking phone number cause she felt bad for me. <laughs> right. Um, but then I kept going out that same weekend and the second night I approached a girl with my buddy who actually was a little bit more social than me. So I, I was piggybacking off of some of his, his help. But one of the girls I talked to, it was kind of like a wingman situation. We talked to two girls at the bar, same bar, by the way, just the next night. And I ended up hooking up with that girl the following night. And before then you had, you had very little experience. I, yeah, I mean, I could go into the story about how I lost my virginity, but like I said, it wasn't like a, it was automatic after that, you know, yeah, it it still took time. And this was honestly, it was probably like the third or fourth girl I ever slept with. Um, and it was like from approaching the second time I went out and I'll I'll be honest, this is, I, I don't. I don't want a lot of guys to go, well, the first time I approached a girl, I didn't get a number, or the second time I approached, a, went out to approach girls, I didn't end up hooking up with her. Uh, full disclosure, it was beginner's luck, because it, I went on a massive cold streak after that, and we can talk about the cold streaks and the hot streaks. It's all cyclical, but... Um, uh, yeah, I had a few quick wins under my belt, but really, that gave me all the fucking confidence I needed to keep going down on that route of meeting women, and I was... At this time, I was doing what I recommend all guys who are new to game kind of do, which is try every method of meeting women that you can think of, because there's a hundred different ways to meet women, right? But when you find the one that works best for you, you have to double down on that one, right? And so in the past, up until the stats that I we read today, um, we we should actually just go into that next and stop teasing them. Yeah. But um, uh, I think this is just the the back story is like good because it, it'll help them really fully grasp the weight of, of kind of like what we saw. Um, But uh, what I realized is like Tinder, it, it took time to get any momentum on there because of the things that you were saying, setting up the profile, Figuring out how to get girls to message you back, what texts to send, and then figuring out how to get these girls to actually meet up with you on a date, even if they are responding to your messages. And on top of that, you have to stand out in an inbox that's getting flooded with dozens of messages every single day.
1: Yeah, and actually, with that, like, pull out the statistics of like how many men over women are actually using the app, because I feel like that,
0: yo. So, in the U.S., in this this Article was written. Um, I'll actually link to this article in the comment or in the description box below. This article was written during the pandemic, so it's recent. So in the U.S., Tinder users, and this is all based off of like the actual app usage data from like the back end of the app platforms that they're getting getting a lot of this stuff from, and also this is polls of like thousands of people. So, uh, in this one, I think this was a based on actually looking at the data, uh, Tinder users skew heavily male as of December, 2019, it was estimated that 78.1% of Tinder users were male compared to 21.9% female, according to stats published on statista statista. What is What is the immediate gut feeling that you get when you hear that? I just get
1: like a punch in the, right in the gut, just cause it's like what you were talking about earlier. The in like no wonder they're flooded in their inbox. They're, how many guys over girls? Like yeah. That just is ridiculous,
0: you know? Yeah. If some of you guys are out there are even abiding by the the belief like, oh, there's a person out there for everyone. There's enough women out there in the world for everyone, right? I agree with that. The world is very abundant for women and men to meet a significant other. But here's where the game gets skewed against you. When you say, I'm going to not play in the playground of the world anymore, but but I'm going to play in the playground of this man-made app designed to get me to want to pay longer, pay more money and join their subscription. And because it's a business, they're trying to retain me as a user on their app for us, what we call an LTV, a lifetime value, right? And so, uh, I was actually looking for this statistic. I found it the other day, but the the average value, the average laver, the average lifespan of a user on Tinder or Bumble or an app like that is about six months. And their goals, just like Facebook's goal is to get you to stay longer, they want you to be addicted to getting notifications, Tinder and Bumble's goal is to get you to stay longer so you can actually subscribe and pay for the subscription. They're hoping that people that stay actually end up paying eventually. And so their goal is to get you to stay for at least six months on average. So if you're trying to build up quick wins, they're literally stacking the cards against you so you don't get enough wins so you'll stay longer right and you're also in this small you're not playing in the playground of the world you're playing in the playground of this small pool that was man made by people trying to get revenue out of you and and the worst part is 8 out of every 10 people in that pool is a man the fuck <laughs> yeah and just like putting in perspective something that just
1: hit my head like the worst thing you could do if you're not really having an abundant life with women is get on tinder because I feel like that's only going to skew your your perception more of, oh, yeah, it's proving me right that there's no woman out there. Or they don't want to talk to me. And I think it just really at that point, you just need to take a step back and look at your options. You could either go on this man-made app or you can play on the playground, you know, that we have that you have out there in front of you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um In the UK, it was actually even worse. um It was 85 percent male, 15 percent female. um That's crazy. uh. The other, this other one that I found that I wanted to show, so similar webs daily active user, place. Okay, so even if you're thinking about like Tinder, let's forget the fact that literally eight out of every ten people on the app is a man, and so you're automatically competing against a bunch of other men. Um, and we can talk about. Uh, I'll get into that here in a second, but uh, here's another set. So similar web. Um, which is a really good software or website that you can use to kind of check how much traffic and where the traffic is coming from to any website or app. And SimilarWeb's usage rank, which looks at daily active users rather than installs. So it's not just people downloading that, but it's how many people are using this thing day to day. So it placed Tinder in 79 as of mid-March 2020. 79 in in the app store in that category, right? Number 79. But then it fell, but that's a fall from 62, the month prior. So in one month, it went from 62, 62nd, most daily users. And then when the quarantine started, mid-March, 79th in in daily users. So it dropped, what is that? 17 spots. Why do you think that is? If I had to guess, it's because... We already know that people don't know, like, and like there's la. there's the lack of the KLT factor, no like, and trust, which is something that you have to use your messages and swiping and bio and pictures to even build up in the first place, which takes time, right? You can spend the next six months trying to do that to where now you have a Tinder profile that may or may not work better. Like you said, the guy spent so much time only to get one or two matches more a week. Yeah. And that's just working on his picture,
1: like not even saying his bio or the way he reached out,
0: reaches out to them. Exactly. So there's steps. Now you can do it. It's like building a business, right? Because at the end of the day, you're marketing yourself the same way a business would market themselves online, right? So you can do it, but it takes time. And not everybody's going to be able to do it. Not everybody's built to be a business owner. Do you know what I'm saying? Not everybody should be a business owner. So not everybody is mentally ready to take that on. And if you are in scarcity with women and it's urgent for you to improve your dating life now, do you want to spend the next six to eight months optimizing your Tinder profile, optimizing your messages, or do you want to go out and approach a girl right now and start improving your game right now? Because at the end of the day, by the time you get that shit optimized, what's the end goal here to meet up with them in person? So no matter what, you're going to have to see her in person regardless. So when you cut out the middleman, which is Tinder, you go straight to the source and you're, you're, you're like skipping the fucking mental masturbation, which is swiping right, messaging each other, building up no like and trust factor. And you're just saying, hey, we're in person right now. Now we can start using that conversation to start building up know, like, and trust. And, and I'll just tell you from personal experience, and a lot of guys who have my book know this for a fact, attraction doesn't happen over time like a lot of guys tend, tend to think. It happens in a moment. You get her attention, you create a little bit of conversational tension, you'll literally see her eyes shift in the way she's looking at you while you guys are talking one to two minutes into the conversation. Or whenever you choose to, Create that conversational tension it could be five minutes in the conversation 30 minutes whenever you do it It's an immediate shift in the way that they're looking at you. You can see the moment happen, which is the cool part which is why like You won't even know that until you're in person with her and getting that reference experience to even see that shift You know what I'm saying? So you're
1: you're essentially saying like you get instant feedback versus just kind of waiting it out Until you meet up and then maybe if you don't if you're clueless about it Just going about it that way the way I
0: like to think about it is very simple at the end of the day, getting a girl to like you and want to date you is a process. It's like checkpoints on a straight line, right? The first checkpoint is get her attention. The second checkpoint is uh is attraction, right? So that we can talk about that, but going to the first checkpoint, get her attention, aka meeting her, aka getting her eyes on you in person, right? So, if if the first checkpoint to even start the seduction process is attention, meeting the girl, all the stuff you do on Tinder, all the time you spend optimizing to even get this girl to eventually swipe right on you, to eventually meet up with you, it's all mental masturbation because you haven't even gotten her attention in person yet. You're just one of the many, many fucking dudes on the app messaging her at the same time. And you have to stand out. So now you have to figure out how to stand out, how to optimize your profile to get to get swiped right on, how to raise your Tinder score so you get even get the opportunity to match with hot girls, and how to get them to message you back. So there's just all these elements of randomness, these moving parts, because it's a man-made thing. Keep it fucking simple. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. That's a Steve Jobs quote. And the way I like to keep it simple, cut out the middleman, go straight to the fucking source, and get her attention in person. You find her attractive and you're at Whole Foods, go get her attention and say hi right? It's that simple. And I guess that's like the key takeaway that we really wanted to give here. But I wanted to give another stat. This is a picture. I'll throw some of these pictures up as we're talking about them. Uh, Okay, so why do you use Tinder? They pulled 10,000 people, okay? 45% of every one of those people who was pulled said, confidence boosting procrastination. So you asked, why do I think the Tinder use went down when the pandemic started. One, because it's harder to know, like, and trust someone, especially today, because even they don't know if they have the virus. That's kind of like what makes it a novel virus and significant. But secondly, those people weren't even serious about meeting up with you in the first place. Half the women that even swipe right on you are only there to fuck around and procrastinate. They're not there to meet a guy. They're not there to hook up because looking for a hookup only got 20%. 40, 45% procrastinating, 20% looking for a hookup. So that's men and women combined, right? So imagine just about 20% of the women, two out of every 10 women you message are actually looking to hook up two out of every 10. That's also the same stat. Two out of every 10 people are even women in the first place on the app, right? Bro, the, the, the odds are stacked against you. Right. And so the other ones looking for a relationship, five percent and uh, about 30 percent. I'm, I'm kind of rounding these numbers, so it's not going to add up exactly, yeah. but uh, about 30 percent other reasons just un unclassified. But almost half the people who took it said, I'm only here to procrastinate and fuck around just to boost my confidence, get the validation of people swiping right on me.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the same thing. Like at the end of the day, it's a social media platform. And I think that's what like Facebook and Instagram, it's like you're there for some, most people are there for like that validation. Yeah. Right. Not really. You don't really go meet up to strangers from Instagram or so other social medias, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, man, going back onto like the reason why we just had to turn on the camera and start rolling is because we just We realize that most men are relying on methods to even get her attention in the first place. The first step in any seduction, getting her attention, you're relying on methods that take the control out of your hands, that are man-made creations designed to keep you around for months at a time and generate revenue out of you before they give you the result you want or before you give up and just leave the platform altogether. At the end of the day, they don't care as long as they generate revenue as business because they have investors, they're trying to make the investors happy, et cetera, et cetera. So Tinder, Bumble, eHarmony, I don't care. If it's man-made, it's taking control away from you. You got to go back to the basics. What's the basic here? Human-to-human interaction. At the end of the day, your goal is to interact with her in person anyways, right? But you're you're putting so much time, effort, and focus into this, this thing, this gimmick, to even get her attention in the first place, when in reality, thousands of years, however long people have been around, tens of thousands of years... You see a girl that you want to go up and talk to, you go up and talk to her, period. Back in the day, I'm sure people, they, they didn't resort to talking if a guy really wanted a woman he probably would just club her over the head. But these <laughs> days, you got to go back to the basics. It's in our human nature to meet guys organically like that. It's in your human nature. And it's 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 a weird thing and it shifts the po- power dynamics a lot where men are putting women on pedestals all of a sudden when for thousands of millennia, men have been the more dominant just creature in this species, right? Um, and, and there's reason for that. And the alpha male of the pack, like this is, the, this is not made up stuff, this is just tribal nature that's built into human DNA, right, and so we're relying on things that are, have been created by men in the last 10 years. And we're trying to change the way things have been done for thousands of years and most men are not going to be approaching women these days that's just a simple fact i don't care how many people watch this video if you're if this video gets thousands of views or even hundreds of views most men don't approach women even if all the men who watch this video approach women most men don't right and so immediately you stand out cuz you're you're not putting yourself in a pool where it's eight dudes for every two girls so you stand out immediately and also you cut out the middleman you go direct to the source so you can start improving your game today or if you want to go the long route, optimize a Tinder profile, pay for the subscription, boost your fucking score temporarily because you paid five, six bucks this time, and then maybe eventually meet up with her nine months from now and start improving your game then. You want to improve now or you want to improve nine months from now? It's really just up to whoever's listening to this, you know? And I think that at the end of the
1: day, like, I mean, I don't know what else to say because I feel like it's it's been said, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever used Tinder? What's your experience? Yeah. So- my experience is exactly that. It's always been like an on-off type of relationship and uh, even though I did meet my girlfriend off Tinder, uh it did take me a lot of like what you said optimi- optimizing and just like figuring out what what the hell to even send these girls instead of the hey what what you doing, you know, text message that every everyone else is sending, right? So at the end of the day, dude, like it's really up to you and just
0: taking control, taking back that control. Yeah. Didn't you say um, you were reading something on, on Reddit where a guy was saying he, pay, he paid for getting matches on that, like the plus membership or whatever? Yeah.
1: And then he was actually, uh, it went from one to two uh, two matches a day down recently to like one match a week. Even with the gold, he was able, because the gold it really at the end, you could also see like who and, likes you. And this you. is recent? Yeah. Okay. So it, it
0: lines up with a lot of what the statistics are saying too.
1: Yeah. So that that's why I found it interesting when you even told me about the statistics because I recently got done reading that post. Yeah. So it just kind of came full circle.
0: Dude, that's insane. And I think this really just validates a lot of what I've been talking about for years, bro. Ever since I started uh, in the game as, as, as a dating coach, I've been preaching like, yo, you got to be out approaching women. Like, because even when I first got into this. Um, Like, when I started coaching in 2015, so about five years ago, I dropped out of dental school, I started my dating advice business um, full-time, no following, no subscribers, no clue on how to even run a business, right? Um, But at the time, I was just massively approaching women. Now here's the cool part, I've probably had eight Tinder matches in my entire fucking life, entire life. And even when I moved to Arizona, I was getting even less matches. I downloaded the app when I got back to Arizona for when I moved here for the first time. Um, and I already had game by this point. And um I had like five matches, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So that just goes to show even if you have game in person, it doesn't translate to Tinder, and vice versa. There's a lot of guys who get a lot of matches on Tinder because they've spent the time optimizing their mm-hmm. shit, but then they have no game in person because they spent all their time optimizing and not improving themselves. And, uh, and so when I moved here, I was just like, fuck it, massive approaching, um, even more here. Right. And so when you realize, when you start doing this and you start getting a few of those quick wins, even if it's like me and a girl gives you a number because she feels bad for you and she has a a serious boyfriend and she's engaged and she's only, she's never going to see you again. And she tells you to not text her. Right. Even if that is the case, you can start like, you just need to get a few of those quick wins under your belt to start building enough up the momentum to really just get excited about getting results in this. A few of those quick wins, you're just one win away from building momentum and it just has to be something small. And, and like I said, you got to see the little things as wins, right? or else you're, you're gonna give up, you're gonna get overwhelmed, you're gonna feel like you're not moving forward. And so for me, I got a girl's number who, who wanted nothing to do with me, she just felt bad for me. But that was the first time I'd ever approached a girl. It was a quick win under my belt, but I'll be honest, Even if it took me a week to get that quick win, I would have still been doing it because I was talking to more women in that week than I was talking to in my entire fucking life. I was meeting one girl a year that where the stars aligned, where we might like each other. You know, like that's, it's insane to me. Um, I was going to make a point, but I forgot what, what comes up for you when I said that.
1: Uh, I just had a question as far as like when the, when the stars align, like Did you even have game at that point when you met that one girl? No. So, like, the opportunity was wasted?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's why it always led to me getting friend-zoned or just, like, trying to confess my feelings for her when I could feel that she wasn't having it um, as a way to get her back. Um, Because, like, Boy Meets World, I've watched every episode in the Boy Meets World series. I was obsessed with the show. I still think the show to this day is hilarious. But when I was watching it back then, I was like, yo, I identify with Corey Matthews, Topanga's his soulmate. And, and and what I the last time I watched the whole series through um, was a few years ago. So I was already a dating coach by this point. So I just wanted to see all the limiting beliefs that I had in my head and, and maybe if I got it from Boy Meets World. And I realized throughout the, what it is like seven or eight seasons or something like that, um, throughout all the seasons of Boy Meets World, Topanga breaks up with Corey literally like three or four times. Every single time, Corey does everything in his power to romance her, to woo her, to show her how perfect we are for each other. I call it the Corey Matthews myth. Like It's a Hollywood myth, right? And then I look at Hitch. Hitch was good for the first two minutes, and then it started being filled with Hollywood bullshit, right? Because it started with, I'm going to teach you how to get a first kiss by the third date. Motherfucker. Why does it take you three days to get this girl sexually attracted to you and want to kiss you if if you're doing it, right? If you're doing it the way it works in the real world She'll probably want to kiss you right then and there I I can't I was telling you this the other day uh, a girl asked me when I was still single I won't bring it up now uh, The actual number I wouldn't even be able to tell the actual number if I if I wanted to because um, I, I just don't know right but I, I remember she was like talking about how many people she's kissed in her life and this is like when I worked at a restaurant and I was like trying to uh, trying to build my coaching business up because I was broke right after dropping out of dental school and I didn't know what I was doing in business yet and uh, so I got a job job as a server and she was talking about how many guys she's kissed and she's making out with guys and I was like well how many how many guys have you kissed <laughs> and she was like ah uh, like like 23 like it was like a specific number I was like how she's counted every single one and then I She asked me, and I thought about it, and this is probably the first time I thought about how many people have I actually kissed, uh, especially because I've been in the game by this point for years. uh, And I was like, I mean, hundreds? (laughs) Like, I've kissed many fucking women from approaching, and it's almost always just when I met them, right? Uh, and or if it was on a first date it was on the first date, but it's rarely at the third date. So anyways go back to the hitch story, bro uh, It started with that and then think about what happens this guy likes a girl and so he hires hitch and He is outcome dependent on this one fucking girl. I've talked about in previous videos, I don't even take a client anymore if I know he only wants my coaching for one specific girl because outcome dependence just doesn't fucking work like that. If you invest money into a coach and you're already outcome dependent and now you're making the coach tell you how to be more outcome dependent on that one girl, it's not gonna work. It's a paradox in itself when we're talking about what works in the dating advice world. right? And so... uh. That, that's the whole premise of the movie. And then what happens? She eventually likes him for him after realizing how perfect they are for each other and how much they have in common, et cetera, et cetera. And then even Hitch goes through his own personal transformation where this girl doesn't like him. He stalks her, sends her fucking shit to her work, Asked her out on a date many fucking times. She eventually gives in. Over time, she eventually realizes that they have in common how much much in common. But she even wasn't even sold on a hitch yet. And then at the end of the movie, Hitch has to throw himself in front of her fucking cab that's going to the airport because she's going to fucking meet up with some other dude. And he has to jump in her cab, get run over just to show her how perfect they are for each other. So if a man watches that fucking movie, what's he gonna think about what works in the real world? That you need to be chasing. That you need to be trying your fucking hard is just to even get her attention. Just to show her how perfect you two are. Right. So going to answer your question, um, I had zero game. That was my game. That was my knowledge of game before I started approaching women. I learned really quickly what actually works when I started approaching women. I got a couple of mentors. I got a, a coach of my own. Um, and then I fucking took massive action doing that shit. Right. And so moral of the story is, bro, you can't be doing this shit on your own. Two, let's check the strategy here. If you're not happy with the outward results, let's reflect inward and think, why are we not getting the results we we want? Why are we not getting results we want? And then you come up with an answer. And then you ask yourself, well, why is that answer that way, right? And you, you ask yourself why a few times. Uh, usually it takes about seven times to ask yourself why to get to the core root thing going on here. And trust me, I've already done the work for you. The reason why you are in scarcity with women, the reason why you lack control in your dating life is because you're relying on ways to meet women that take away control, right? So if you want to gain control over your dating life back, start doing more things that you have control over in your dating life. You don't have control over if she messages you back. You don't have control over if your profile is optimized quite yet. You don't have control over um, if she knows likes or trusts you enough to want to meet up with you on a date. You do have control over, hey, I see you sitting right there. I'm sitting right here. I'm going to say what's up. She just can't ignore you the same way she can ignore you over a nap.
1: I could definitely relate to like chasing the girl as I, uh, when I was younger, I remember I used to be so deep in the friend zone that uh, I was trying to profess my love to her every single time I met her. But looking back at it now, I just laugh and it's cringy because like she would just like do her hardest to kind of stay like, nah, just keep away type of thing. Yeah. A- and like, Every single time I was like, I've been ghosted and whatnot, and she would always just keep me in the friend zone. And so, like, that, I, I can relate to, like, understanding that chasing a girl at the end of the day is not going to get her or
0: show show her that that's, you guys are a perfect match. Yeah. And what's crazy about chasing her is, like, when you go down the rabbit hole of, like, okay, I'm going to chase her, and that's going to be my strategy for success here. What happens when she doesn't approve of you, when she doesn't validate you, when she... Uh, starts friend zoning you and you can feel that. What what do you think happens to you? Well for me personally,
1: like she never told me all right, no. Yeah. Even though I asked her. So for me, it was still giving me that fake, that false hope of like, oh maybe, maybe it's not that, you know, maybe I'm not in the friend zone and just giving me that false hope of like I can still get her one day.
0: Yeah. So it's almost like the more she pulled away, the harder you chased. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's normal. That's what most guys do. Because it's almost like um, uh, Jason Capital used to make this reference. But I I like it because I I remember in basketball, like if you're boxing someone out in basketball, you're kind of like pushing up against them with your butt. You both are like leaning into each other. And sometimes the the crafty crafty basketball players who are a little bit more experienced, um, they'll just let you try to bump into them and they'll pull away. And what happens when they pull away and you were expecting them to push back into you? Oh, uh, you're just going to f- jerk back. You're going to fall even forward. So if you guys are pushing against each other and she pulls away, you're going to naturally go like that, right? And so uh, it, it's fucking normal and it's human nature, right, to want what you can't have. Um, I read a book called Pitch Anything. It's really great about just, like, persuading people to, uh, to I guess, buy your pitch or whatever. Um, so this is a guy who used to pitch um, – like big-ass companies for investment money, like millions, tens of millions of dollars at a time, right? And so he said there's three keys to human nature that he's found. People uh, want what they can't have, they want what is retreating from, away from them, and they want things that are scarce. So if you think about kind of the power levels and the way you interact with women and, and kind of even just your past interactions with women where maybe you could have been on both sides of the coin here, Uh, If she starts pulling away, she's retreating away from you. You want her more. People want things that are retreating away from them. If she's in scarce supply, a.k.a. she has a higher demand for her, right? So if you're on Tinder, women are in scarce supply. So men want the women even more. They're more likely to chase. They're more likely to be DMing the fuck out of her, which makes it even harder for you to stand out. And Mm. she's in scarce supply just naturally because there's less women on the app. And they
1: and it's like the thing is like Tinder knows that that's why they have Tinder Gold and all that so you can pay to get her that you're essentially paying for her attention.
0: Yep. And then what was the last one? So people like things that are retreating away from them, things that are think th- fault scarce supply and things that they can't have. We want what we can't what we cannot have. So when a girl says no, it makes you almost want her more. You tell someone you can't do that. It makes them want to do it more. You know. And so this is th- I think a lot of guys. Probably haven't realized some of these things about the way they interact with women and how what they do affects the kind of the power dynamic levels here. Um, But I know when I had the realization that uh, approaching is really the only way to get control back in your dating life because it, it cuts out the fluff. Cuts out the middleman. It goes straight to the source and it allows you to start improving today rather than when your profile is eventually optimized and you eventually figure out how to get her to want to meet up with you through a cold DM or a cold message on, on an app. Right. So when I realized that, and I also realized kind of like what goes on on a psychological level, that's really where massive action, you know, having just the, the sheer force of will combined with a little bit of a strategy. Really came together to allow me to really improve my results so much to where less than 10 years later, I'm a world-renowned dating coach with thousands of people buying my shit in 83 different countries around the world. So, yeah, man, if I can do it more than anything, I want guys to realize that they can do it too. You know what I'm saying? I was not a special snowflake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and like I've seen it like firsthand, you know, all the work that you actually put into it and then just even giving the like the value that you give back to your clients. It's it astounds me from watching the documentary that you have on your YouTube channel, you know? Mm. And it's just like it it goes at the end of the day, you're using something that works and that's like we've been as humans have been doing for like thousands of years. So
0: it's like it it only makes sense to go with the wave rather than against it. And it is not in your interest to go against it, but you have all these sources online because they want you to use the app. They want you to sign up for the app telling you it is in your best interest when in reality what they're trying to do is be the fucking gatekeeper to your dating life. And I don't know about you, but if I knew I had two options if I want to improve my, uh, any area of my life, it doesn't even have to be with just women, if I have two options. One, I can just start improving today. Or two, I can pay for someone to stand in front of me be the gatekeeper and make it hard for me to fucking start getting results, right? You, you're you're literally paying for Dennis Rodman to stay there and fucking like guard the fucking door <laughs> to you getting results Right. You don't want that shit. You want to fucking go get results today And so the best way to do that is to learn how to how can I go direct to the source? Now the other thing that a like a lot of guys I know might be wondering right now is like well shit The world kind of shut down recently. How the fuck are you supposed to start approaching? And I tell everybody this if you can stand six feet away from someone in public, you can still talk to them from six feet away it's It's just getting her attention. It's not, oh, I gotta do the approach thing. We call it approach, but I even hesitate to call it that because I don't want to give it a name and make it seem like a thing right it's I made this example at my last boot camp, but it's like um, it's like in every dating relationship, isn't there that moment where the girl's like, "Well, what are we right?" So when that happens, what is she really trying to do? She's trying to make this thing official by putting a label on it, right? And the second we put a label on just getting her fucking attention, approaching, you got to do the approach, it becomes like this thing, you know, and it, be, it seems like overwhelming. It's like grandiose, when in reality, it's just getting her fucking attention. That's it, right? Get her attention in person. It only works in person. The seduction doesn't start until you're in person with her. That That's why... On, on Tinder, there was another stat, I think like 80%, 78% of people have never even met someone off the fucking app, right? And so, most people are not meeting off that app. And all that is just mental masturbation to even see her again in per- like for the first time in person, right? And so, all this can only be done in person and it's just getting her attention. And so moral of the story, you can do this. Like, what's your fucking excuse? Either you're, if you're in one of those states like California where they're enforcing the shutdown for even longer. I live in Arizona, stuff is starting to open up, but they're still making people keep their distance a little bit. But dude, I was out with a buddy a couple weeks ago, and shit, we were talking to people, and he was approaching girls because he's single, right? And we were talking to him from a distance. We were being respectful. And I think that the key here is is recognizing what is acceptable in this social environment and what isn't acceptable. But don't lie to yourself if you're telling me approaching women isn't acceptable. It's acceptable everywhere you go. I don't care if you're on the subway and it's a packed fucking subway. Probably not going to happen today, but I don't care if you're at the grocery store or if you're at the nightclub. The matter of the fact is you can talk to whoever you want to. If you think you can't, ask yourself, why is that? And is there any relevance to that? So if I'm putting myself in the headspace of a guy who's like, well, I can't approach a girl. It's just not acceptable right now. Um, that's the same thing as the, the fucking dude before this shit hit who's telling me I can't approach her in public because everybody's going to see and it's going to cause a scene. It's the same fucking fears coming up, but now it has a new excuse. Mm. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And that's, I think that's really big. It's just like at the end of the day, stop running away from the problem and really ask yourself like what at the deeper, you know, the why, why are you running away?
0: Yeah. And when you when you do this reflection, I mean, you're going to come to the same conclusion because it's there's only one place you can go. It's a it's a thought funnel. I just coined that thought funnel. You start up here. You ask yourself why you get to the fucking root core. It's going to lead you to the same conclusion. The only way that I can gain control back in my dating life is like if I cut out the middleman and go straight to the source and start worrying about the things that I can control. And, and so that leads to the question for those guys that, you know, want to make that shift that don't have no idea even where to begin. Like, what would you give them for advice? Get my fucking book, how to get the girl 107 proven ways to get the girl. But I say that jokingly, but I'm, I'm fucking serious because, um, in that book, like, like I said, I've maybe had eight Tinder matches in my life because when I realized, Oh, this is going to take time to optimize. But in reality, it's, it's a, it's a fucking man-made game that's not necessary when I can just go up and talk to her right now, right? And so when I do that, uh, uh, that's where I took massive action and everything I wrote in my book, if you've read my book, let me know in the comments, let the people who don't know, who don't have the book yet, let them know in the comments, every fucking chapter is a couple of pages of me telling several examples of me using this in my life, story form, and I talk about how I did it and then how you can apply it into your own life. Right. It's short to the point, no fluff. But moral of the story is every fucking thing in that book is revolved around what you do when you're face to face in person with her. Whether you approached her for the first time, whether you're on a date, whether you get introduced to her via your social circle, it doesn't matter. This is what you do when you're in person. Right. So it's not a guide on fucking Tinder because that Tinder's a man-made thing. And it's it changes every fucking day because they're changing to get more revenue. Right, And so I'm going to worry about the things that stay consistent, that have been consistent for thousands of years, the things that I have full control over, and the things that nobody can take control away from me in unless I live in a communist country and they're going to arrest me for that shit. But I've never, ever once, ever once seen a guy approach a girl unless he was like absolutely disrespectful yeah. and actually like get arrested or anything like that. If you approach a girl and you're a genuine dude who just wants to see if there's chemistry there and talk to her and see what's up... There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. And so, I I mean, I don't know where else to put it. Like, (laughs) yeah. So, uh, I think we can wrap it up there. But, guys, listen. This is the new podcast studio setup. We are going to be doing podcasts on our next, on our second channel that we just created called the Raw and Relentless Podcast. The reason why I created this podcast, and especially if you're in listening this far into this video, just go, click the link in the comments below, go subscribe to that channel because we're going to be posting the first episode here in the next week or so. We're going to batch film the first few episodes so that way they're ready to roll out. Now, I think we actually want to roll out, when we post the first episode, let's go ahead and post three, the first three episodes, that way they have some stuff to watch and really consume. Um, but honestly, when that channel gets started, when we post that episode, um, you want to be notified when it comes out, because it's going to be in this studio that we just spent the last few weeks setting up, and I'm going to be bringing on guests, not just dating specific, which is why it's on a second channel, right? Because there's so much in my life that you guys don't get to see that I know guys can get value from, even if it's just if you guys have similar interests to me and, and I'm bringing on guests with similar interests. But um, I didn't wanna be pigeonholed into dating advice and I also didn't wanna do the guys who follow me for the dating advice a disservice by putting that on this channel. So go and subscribe to the Raw and Relentless podcast. The link is in the, the comments below and the description below. Um, and uh, we be that way. You'll be notified when we post that first post. That first episode. Second announcement. Um, we are also going to be using this studio doubly. As opportunities to have discussions like this About relevant things going on in the dating space We talked about this a couple weeks ago uh, When we kind of came back to YouTube And this is what we've been building towards And now that it's set up I'm ready to just fucking get going And rolling this shit out I want to get a lot of content out for you guys 2020 is the year that we take over on YouTube Raw and relentless Raw dating advice You fucking got it
1: Go subscribe if you haven't already